0: on this episode of AV Week, the latest on the sure and clear one legal battle and the state of AV over IP. All that and more, next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry.
1: What are you listening to? This. This is AV.
0: This. This. This is is AV 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 Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week episode 416, recorded Friday, August 9th, 2019. Legally sound.
2: Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Kramer, AV Beyond the Box, and by Middle Atlantic, what great systems are built on.
0: This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news, and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host, with us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week. I'm gonna start with the person farthest from me geographically, that is my buddy Boaz Shani. Uh, Boaz comes to us from Uganda. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Uh, also with us is, uh, I guess if we're just doing it from 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 east to west towards me, that goes to Mr. Tucker uh, <laughs> Yonkers in Yonkers, New York. Welcome, sir. Hello, everybody. And last but not least, in my time zone at least, Mr. Jamie Trader uh, from Harman, a Samsung company. Welcome, sir. Thank you. welcome. so earlier this week, a uh, the latest uh, addition or the latest addition, audition to the saga, uh, the lawsuit between Sure and Clear One happened. Uh, a judge, the judge uh, Edmund E. Chang, uh, at the U.S. District Court, actually here in Illinois, ruled and and uh, laid out an a temporary injunction um, against Sure. So as of right now sure is not legally um, able to sell the MXA 910s uh, in the United States. They're also not allowed to market the 910s here in the United States. I want to be very clear about this. Currently it is a temporary injunction. They can't sell uh, them and they cannot market them here in the States. What that means for you and in your country, i not 100% sure, uh, because it depends on the country, right? It depends on your distribution, it depends on whether or not uh, you get it directly from, sure, you get it from, through distribution, obviously, if if you get the 910s from distributors, whatever they have in stock, you can still uh, legally get, but sure, cannot sell them nor nor market them. Uh, Clear One, uh, their response uh, was positive. (laughs) They said um, that uh, they, welcome the decision uh, by the uh, the district court uh, quote unquote giving clear one's a request for a preliminary injunction preventing sure incorporated from manufacturing marketing and selling the sure MXA910 uh, for use in its drop ceiling mount configuration sure's response was basically the opposite we are disappointed and disagree with the court's decision which is not a final determination on this matter and we intend to immediately appeal so Gentlemen, this all boils down to, to U.S. patent law and U.S. patents. Jamie, I'm going to start with you because you're the manufacturer here of us. When it comes to these, these fights, and, and, and a lot of times we as the folks who put these systems in and design these systems, we don't see a lot of these, right? We, they, we only see them when they finally go to court. But you guys deal with this stuff, but hey, we think you're using our patent or hey, we, you think you're using ours. You guys generally come to an agreement behind the scenes. So, what is the possibility that that happens in this case, regardless of who wins this, right? Whether it's Sure or it's Clear One? Obviously, if Sure wins it, it's a non issue. Uh, if Clear One wins it, then there, there, there will have to be some sort of agreement because Sure certainly is not going to stop selling uh, the, the 910s. And I, before we go any further, I do have to, I do need to point out the fact that Sure is, is an underwriter of, of, of Aviation. Uh, so, Jamie, what's the likelihood of, uh, of this coming to a, a I guess, a, a peaceful agreement? <laughs>
1: it, it, look, it, it always does. It always will. It's the first time we've come across this. This is uh, something we see in the industry. We see in adjacent industries and we see everywhere, you know, look, it's, this is not really a subjective area. There's definitions here. There's defined tolerances around those definitions. You know, we need to trust the, 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 the patent and board. We need to trust the courts, and we just need to follow their interpretations of where do people operate within these tolerances. The message to the industry, is the message as it always is, is look. As manufacturers, you know, we have to look at innovation through a couple of vectors. You know, we got to look through performance, value, speed to market, and integrity, right? And in everything you build, you're you're bringing all these factors together. You're looking at What's the the best path to market? And a lot of times there's licensing strategies. There are um, different types of JDM, ODM, OEM strategies involved where you're constantly working within others' intellectual property and you're looking at what value add can you add to combined experiences. And this is one of those areas where it's a lot more blatant and there's definitely some strong opinions between these two organizations, just like there's been in the past between, you know, other manufacturers like Crestron and Lutron and, and things like that where pe- people get into an area where they feel like they're interpreting something in a way that is a stronger interpretation than others interpretation. But this is where we just say, you know what, trust the courts, trust trust the legal definitions of it. And once, once those statements are made and once those definitions are, are withheld in one direction or another, everyone's gonna work well together because this is our industry and this is This is nothing different, you know? There's a a ton of complex manufacturing options bringing stuff together, and at the end of the day, once the law says what it is, everyone gets paid the way they're supposed to get paid, the monetization system works, and everyone keeps coming to market and keep trying to think of the next new thing to innovate with, so I don't see this one as being anything major, significant. I think this is just a very visible portion of what manufacturing is today. It's a very market-visible portion of how people look at one another's technology and how you come to market, All
0: right? Yeah. George, is there something that, that the industry can do to help educate um, both, you know, not just each other, but also the courts? Because this is a very technical case. This is not something I would expect. A judge, who, let's be honest, they go to law school. They they're not exactly sitting next to me uh, at Biamp uh, University or in, in you know Jamie's uh, classes learning DSP. So how do we make sure that um, the, the the courts are educated? And honestly, that that we and, and and the other folks in the industry, whether it be tech managers or the IT folks, uh, understand exactly the the tenets of of the technologies that that we're all talking about.
2: Well, I don't think you actually can. I mean, you can have advisory people, and I think in the court ruling, if you read through it, and it's lengthy, uh, that there were some untechnical or unindustry people, non-industry people, who were ruling in or at least giving advice to the judge based on some of that information. So I don't think you can. It's sort of look. It's also like the the U.S. Congress, uh, the telecommunications and the technology board uh, uh, committees. Most of them are infamously. Uh, unaware of how things actually work. Uh, the whole tubes versus a dump truck comes to mind and others more recently. Um, it's sort of similar to, look, there was the, uh, this going to sound like a stretch, but there's the Katy Perry lawsuit with her song, The Dark Horse, which they ruled was very similar to another oh, song, mm-hmm. some Christian rap song, and it was basically eight bars, not even. So how do you say that there's an iteration of something that is so similar because it's around the same theme. There's only so many variations you can work with that they start to overlap. And that's my trouble with some of this is that you have something that's called, you know, this, this, this certain way of putting those microphones together, the array, the, 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 the configuration in a ceiling tile, which we've all been wanting and it's always been something that's been talked about. How do you really define that as so unique that you have a global patent that basically says, I own the ceiling and and I don't see in, to me, that makes me worry that there's so little innovation going on that we have to fight over a minutia of something. Now, the logarithm behind it, the actual maths within it, sure. But the actual, you know, I mean, if it's identical and the, and the microphones go exactly the same way and you can't prove that it wasn't, you know, I, it wasn't something you copied rather than developed on a, on a scientific basis, I really worry about that part of it. And in fact, meant much of it's going away, which means that our market's getting much tighter and the innovations are harder to come by in that realm.
1: Well, I think you made a good point there, George, in, in the sense that you, you are talking about there is a degree of specificity of what becomes patentable. I mean, you can't say you're going to own the ceiling. I, you know, when you look at the three patents that are being questioned and defended in here, I mean, you do get two of those three get pretty granular into the algorithm. and And I think that once you get into the algorithm of, what you're doing with the beam, how you're shaping the beam and then how you're, you know, if, if you look at like what well, I think it's 186 specifically. You know, they're talking about how that algorithm is used to fix the beam and then how that beam is used against an echo cancellation mechanism. Mm-hmm. And I gets that get pretty calculated in there. And, it's, and But because there's three tiers that are being questioned, you do have this algorithm, you have a combination of the algorithm against that cancellation, and then you've got the assembly of it into that ceiling grid. So all three of those stack up. You go, I can see both are guys' points, right? I mean, but there is math involved in there, and I can definitely see them defending their math, right?
2: Yeah, and my, my, my quandary is it's sort of the, the way that a lot of people have been commenting on this, and people much smarter than me in this world of the legality of it all, was that they're basically saying, I have a patent on the car because my engine is different. <laughs> That's great but you don't have a patent on a car. And if you do, what does that do to it? I mean, we've seen this before with people wanting to patent the internet. They have the telecommunication patent that says how you run data over a wire. But that's, you know, I mean, you, you got to have some room for innovation here and allow that to happen. I mean, my, my, my real thought is that what they're going to finally settle on is a licensing agreement. Sure sells far too many of these products to not say there's some profit in for you unearned, basically.
3: <laughs> you know, I'm wondering... You know. So my, my wondering will be if a company like sure have copied a product from clear one wouldn't it open the door to think that sure is copying other products because sure are the giants of microphones so it will be a point to think of because if sure can copy something um, it would make me think that maybe it's opening now a door for for checking other innovations of sure just wondering out loud.
0: Well, that's that is something that if, if they were to copy something that other other folks would would absolutely bring bring a lawsuit against them, right? Um, because if somebody is copying something, and Jimmy can can talk to this, you know, they have both sides have lawyers here that always look at at somebody's new developments and their new releases every single trade show, right? Uh, it was a couple of years ago Barco uh, had got an injunction against another manufacturer. Who had a very similar product to the clickshare right uh, if i 'm yes. not mistaken they physically took the products off the show floor at ISE so but everybody everybody out there that that manufactures they have lawyers that looks at everybody 's releases they look they look at everybody 's trade show booth and go, okay, you know what that looks really close to mine uh, and they'll, and that 's why I said when I started with jamie there 's a lot of times we don 't hear about these right we don 't hear about these because it's it 's done. Between, between the companies um, behind the scenes, and, and, and deals are struck that we will probably never know about now. Uh, Boaz, real quickly, I wanted to get your comment on this. When it comes to fights like this, how does US law and, and US decisions like this, how does this impact the non-US you know, AV integrator?
3: When it comes to Africa, I don't think it impacts at all. Maybe it would impact Europe, in Asia, but um, in Africa, it's on a level of recommendation only. But Africa have its own laws, and I don't think it will follow at all. Africa is an open market, too open to anything. Too
2: open. All right. I think Boaz good. just did the uh, parts of the Caribbean. It's more like a guideline. <laughs>
0: Very nice, uh, and that will be the first time that the pirates of, of uh, the Caribbean have ever been uh, you know referenced here. All right, so, uh, next up from Commercial Integrator and our old uh, speaking of lawyers, our old friend Josh Shrego. He wrote a very interesting, very exhaustive piece on the state of AV over IP, and I'm gonna I'm gonna boil this down here uh, because as Josh makes his way through law school, he tends to get even more verbose. Uh, <laughs> Bottom line for 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 Josh here, and this is this is me condensing him. There are still an awful lot of uh, options that no, that none of us really have one great silver bullet solution. He references comparing apples to oranges, uh, and that's you'll know, probably apropos. Uh, he also says that we're not in the IT department still, right? So apples to oranges on a lot of, of the technologies, and. We're still not getting our, our foot in the door with the IT departments, Tucker. I'm going to start with you on this. Number one is 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 the apples to oranges analogy is that fair? Uh, you know, today when we're looking at the various AV over IP uh, systems.
2: Well, I mean, I, part of what I think Josh is saying in, the, in this article is there's so many choices and they really do differ greatly. Some really are designed to ride on the network and are intended and sold as being, hey, IT department, we can work within your existing network. Others are supposed to be a conjunction of stuff and that helps alleviate the bandwidth issues. And in essence, what he's saying is there's no real standard and it really is, how does it fit your needs and budget? And the technologies all work. They just have different degrees of pros and cons based on your situation, which is really where we're at. I mean, I actually am very surprised and maybe this is part of the reason we often lament that, you know, IT, we're not with the IT department, the AV people still don't know IT that well. It was, you know, we're 20 something years from the day that, you know, most companies put an ethernet port on their processors or other gear and we're still not able to understand it and we're still failing on basic stuff like how do I address it and subnet it and work within VLANs and things like that. But it really comes down to there's so many different competing formats that are actually very valid. Dante and AV over IP and HD T, and I'm going to miss one or two. Yeah, you know, and all those are really valid. They work really well for what they do within the framework that they were designed to work. And you're not shaking those people. We really did come into a siloed or segmented world where those solutions work, but we're not crossing. You know, except for maybe one or two that may are trying to now say we can interoperate that word (laughs) with others. Um, So, you know, I think it was a really good primer. And I think it does shake out a lot of the information into a very distilled form. But we're still in that space of if I'm if I'm a company and we bought another company and they use solution A and I'm using solution Y, that's a really hard transference. I mean, there's a lot of technology in between that has to be utilized to get them to talk to each other. We're not standardized. And maybe that's a great profit margin, and that's a great differentiator. Um, but that's my concern is as we go forward, you know, nobody wants to deal with differing protocols. They just want to be able to use one thing and it goes. Allah, why are we using Zoom and why do most corporations use a Zoom huddle room rather than a T1 line with dedicated conferencing systems? Well, first of
0: all, I have you ever tried to get a T1 line here recently? You get the-
2: um, you have a better chance than I would have get the T one. This, right this is true. This is
0: true. I would pay a third of the price that you would actually get one. Um, look it up if you're under 25. A T one line, is, you know. Uh, <laughs> T one lines. That's, that's what you need. Well, two. Well, you have to have two for <laughs> redundancy and and and, and two way communication. Um, Boaz, when when you're talking with clients, are or is this something where you're hearing folks ask for it, or is is this more uh, us internally kind of navel-gazing and and thinking that this is a a bigger problem than it is?
3: No, clients here, yes, everyone here, um, the clients I deal with are mainly IT companies anyway, so to talk to them in IP, it's an advantage. But then again, as George says, it depends on the application, there is no standard. Um, there is no one thing that will do it all. If you want just sound over IP, most probably you go for Dante. Um, everyone are doing Dante. AVB is much less, in at least in the applications that I've seen. Um, HD-based, e, but then again, come the cost, and it's you need to weigh the options, and each one have its own limitation. And it's pity. I do believe everything will go on IP in the in the in the coming years. Everything is moving into IP. Uh, so AV over IP is something that is coming, but it is—it's pity there is no one standard. And uh, and there are new things coming. These new standards being uh, introduced to the market. So it will just confuse everyone. In, in Uganda, in Africa, AV is not much developed. Um, so people don't know much. And now we are jumping straight into the advanced level of AV over IP. And it's, it's very tricky when it comes to installations and, and designs of solutions. So it's tricky with what to offer.
0: Jamie, as, as a manufacturer of one of these systems, how how do you talk with folks about the fact that there are so many different flavors? Um, and if somebody brings up interoperability, you know, what, what do you say? It's a great thing. I mean, look, we,
1: We've been bringing a lot of different video solutions to market for a really long time, um, You know, from TMDS clock signals to uh, old analog signals up to different forms of IP signals. I mean, I think if you look at our portfolio, we've got the, just within IP in and of itself, we've got the broadest portfolio itself of offering six different compression algorithms, right? This is, there are so many flavors and variants of everything. And, and the key to it is in our conversation in the marketplace is, these are all, let I me mean back at, I think what Josh says a good job of in his article is he basically says, look, these are technical characteristics that have to be solved for. And this is, these solutions are based around delivering on these technical characteristics. But the conversation in the marketplace is really about the application attributes more so than the technical attributes because the reason that we have all of these variants Just like we have different video signals in and of themselves, just like we have different audio signals in and of themselves, is because there's application advantages to each of these things. And so you the conversation is really about application-wise. Are we talking about real time or on demand? Are we talking about, you know, what is the audience expectation for what they're about to consume? What are their latency requirements? Bandwidth is deal but it's a very small portion of the overall conversation there's the concept of looking at security and understanding you know if and how the content is protected for unauthorized users and i'm not talking hdcp based yeah. security we're just talking like should this person see this content that's being generated from this side of the building or, or whatever there's the management and there's scalability and that combination of those applications really is what drives advantages in each of these things that folks bring to market. You know, I think the real thing in, in forward facing and looking in the future is going, how do we reduce choices, right? This is what happened in the analog space of how do we get rid of so many analog variants that are effectively, you know, of, of equal relative, equal performance.
0: How do we get rid of choices? Real, real quickly about that. How long then do you think that will take? Because this is this is a conversation we've been having for a few years now. And, and I forgive me, I don't remember how long it took in the analog one. So how long do you think it'll take with this one? Well, it, it never goes away, right? Because yeah. that that's the whole, it's not a
1: technology condition. It's a psychological condition of an opinionated market. And, you know, there's egos involved and which is great. That's where innovation comes from. There's somebody saying there's a better way to do this, but it's about going from, you know, 20 different compression algorithms and transport, Uh, technologies down to maybe five, maybe down to three, maybe to seven. Who knows what that reduction is, but that reduction is where you see all of the forward trending occurring. And when you look at where is that trending occurring towards, um, you know, you've got a big portion of the market that's looking at it through um, memberships, you know, uh, compliance standards, adhering to compliance standards. You've got other parts that are just going, look, uh, a streaming and compression that's already been built and ruggedized for, you know, years upon years. There's just different ways to wrap that up and put different solution value around the standard uh, uh, existing compression format. So I think what you'll see is just more manufacturers looking towards, how do I make sure I'm standardizing on something that gives me the most forward capacity for higher resolution? What allows me to get towards, you know, software defined find endpoint application based endpoint. Um, how do I make sure that I can work well in a not just a wired configuration, but a wireless configuration and, and Those application requirements are what's going to streamline and simplify, you know, that the options that are out there. It's what we're looking at. It's what everyone's looking at, you know, it's if, if we only evaluate what's right based on the technical specifications, we'll end up growing options. But fortunately, it's the applications and it's the markets. At the end of the day, it's going to be the market that tells us what we're going to make next, yeah. right? Everyone's experimenting with things out there, and that's where you see some misalignment of product not meeting market. But the, the market's going to pull what is easiest to consume. And there's a reason that you see IP-based video at you know a 70 percent kager it's like yes it's a small slice right now but it's a, a, it's a massive growth opportunity but at the same time you still see traditional video you still see conventional you know tmbs clock signal technology still at a double digit kager because even as an ip technology is on this massive rise there's also the economics of the, the affordability of just basic, simple connectivity. And Josh makes that point in there somewhere. Sometimes a cable from the table to the display is all you need, right? You don't even need transport technology in the middle of all that. But economics and market always dictate where we're gonna go with this. And it's just looking at how do we how do we reduce choices
0: and make make it simpler for the consumer to access those those technologies. That actually brings up a really good point. And, and George or, or Boaz, either one for you, how th- this is not, A a one size fits all right AV over IP. Uh, So when you're designing systems and and you're evaluating, you know, at what point do we say, well, this, this might have, you know, relevancy, this system an AV over IP system, regardless of whose you use, this might have relevancy here versus a simple, you know, a a simple cable to a display. At what point do we say this is something that's useful?
2: Well, like Josh's article says, I mean, it depends on how you need to do it. If it's just from a computer to a projector in one huddle room, you don't need it, really. <laughs> you know? But if you're doing mass distribution or you need to do multiple endpoints or whatever that facility may need for distance learning, those things matter. My concern, again, when it comes into it is, you know, a new feature comes up that I really need, but it's really not available on the platform or the protocol that I invested in. I either have to change out completely the old records, the CDs, and then back to records (laughs) for a proposition. You know, or do we go forward? And I hate it. Look, just as you say, like there's differentiation, this would make innovation, and this is what makes the market move. And yet for an installer, I want simple, right? That's the mantra. I want simple, I want straightforward. If it means I have to learn IT, I will but I don't need to learn 500 versions of IT. I don't have to learn the special that on this switch, I need to have the IGP ports open, but not on this one. I know what I need to do a quality of service on this one, but not on that one. I have to block certain points. You know, that becomes that whole shuffle that I need to know. And if I'm a deal that has multiple product lines, you know, it's not unheard of, uh, multiple product lines, then I have to have guys who understand all that. And that's an investment in not just technology, but in training and about investment in keeping those tax. And while that's a great thing for the techs and they make more money as a business owner, I would be like, look, I want a simple, straightforward, how can I get it done? It gives me the idea, the capability of being creative in my solutions, but also I can cookie cutter it when I need to. Yeah. And that's, your, that's your balance, really.
0: Well, and Boaz, George makes a good point. You know, at what point do you kind of distill all of these various options down and go, okay, the, these are the two or three that I'm going to use and that these, are the, these are the ones I'm going to send my text to for training?
3: Yeah, it also depends, I think, on, on the equipment itself. Some equipment only supports a certain uh, protocol. So this is also one of the things we look, and Africa is also cost-sensitive. So we look at that as well. But as, as Josh said, sometimes it's also about the distance, and, and if normal system can do, we will avoid the protocols. There's not much installation here with AV over IP yet. It is yet to come. In a big sense, um, but there's a lot of confusion as well. So you don't even know where to start, where to end. There's no one standard. So, so it's very tricky in 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 many aspects. Uh,
0: very good. And just just for the record, I don't I don't think the cost sensitivity uh, it just happens in, in Africa. It happens. Yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> so, nah. Uh, nah.
3: George did not mention it, so I thought, okay. <laughs> no, yeah, no,
0: it's, it's, it's 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 a, it's a valid point. So with aspects. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, that is going to do it uh, for us uh, for this week. Uh, Mr. Jamie Trader from Harman. Thank you, sir. Yeah, uh, thank you. Appreciate the time, guys. Absolutely. How do people get a hold of you and or Harman or Samsung? Um,
1: a gazillion different ways. You can, re- you, can, uh, you can reach all of our social handles at either an AMX Talk or a Harman Professional Solutions. And, of course, you can reach me, uh, LinkedIn, Jamie Trader, email, jamie.trader um i'm shoot a signal in the sky that says help
0: video control i'm there <laughs> all right that will work uh mr tucker thank you to, as always sir
2: well thank you for having me on i That's quite good. enjoy it i miss you guys I miss you. uh you can find me uh mostly social but on twitter at tucker twos and look for some more stuff coming out of me and a special website with a new podcast very shortly
0: Yay. Very excited about that. Mm. Uh, Also, uh, Mr. Boaz Shani, thank you,
3: sir. Thank you very much. You can also find me on all the platforms, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and whatever. It's all Boaz Shani at Boaz Shani on all the platforms. You'll just find me there.
0: All right, very good. Uh, for me, uh, for Tim Albright, don't follow me on the Twitters uh, because football season has started. And unless you're a Bears fan, you won't like what I had to say. Uh, so but um, go by the website, if you would, please, TV. That's TV. You will find this program and a host of others, including a number of specials we've done here. Oh, in the last couple of weeks, uh, just this last week, we got the chance to sit down with John Haman and uh, Charlie Kendall, which both now work for, for Snap AV. Uh, John is the CEO. Uh, Charlie's the new uh, chief product uh, and technology officer as well as a couple of integrators uh, about that merger, uh, that $680 million merger. So that was kind of cool. Uh, also check out um, our CD coverage, which has already started, but CD comes your way uh, the 12th to the 14th of September. One quick final note. Uh, this is more personal, I guess. Um, a, a friend of AV Nation, a friend of mine, uh, is leaving the AV industry. So, uh, if you're a friend of Tom LeBlanc uh, on Twitter or anywhere else, uh, wish him well. He is—he is the was the chief, uh, the editor in chief of Commercial Integrator. Uh, was the only one uh, that they ever have. So he was the the founding. Ch- uh, um, uh, editor-in-chief of commercial underwear leaving uh there uh, actually his last day is the, today the day that we're taping uh heading off to a different industry uh different markets so we wish him well so all that uh, check out uh, avnation.tv that's avnation.tv uh thanks so much for li- listening thank you so much for watching that is all the time we have for Week.